0: Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men and their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Man Up God's Way podcast. And here we are again. My name is Jody Burkeen. This is man up Monday, another Monday night spent with me on this podcast. I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I am the founder of man up God's way men's ministry and international men's ministry that was birthed out of a desire to see men do Christianity, stop dive. being spiritual sissies. And so I uh, thank you so much for joining us um, again. Uh, we are really excited tonight. I got my son in the, the studios tonight. How you doing gay? good how about you good we had a, a little bit of a technical difficulty there man I think we got it resolved now. I, I think so too <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we've got a couple people missing tonight and uh, we were trying to struggle to get things going and we finally figured it out so if you started with this I apologize uh, but we thank you for joining us here tonight and um, again uh, my name is Jody Burkeen. I am the founder of man up God's way and um, I also want to show you a little bit how we pay for this podcast, uh, your donations to our Man Up merch store. It's manupmerch.com where you can get all the cool stuff um, in our, our store. We've got T-shirts, we've got books, we got coffee, coffee mugs. Uh, this is one of my favorite coffee mugs because this is a manly coffee mug. This thing holds almost two cups of coffee. It's perfect for a good morning start, and uh, I love uh, love the way that it feels. It's a good manly coffee cup. Speaking of coffee, check this out. This is our man-up coffee right here, uh, one of my favorite coffees, and it is a really, really good, good-tasting, good-smelling, uh, strong coffee. You'll put hair on your chest, so make sure that you grab that as well. Also have water bottles, good water bottle right here. I got a massive uh, to go mug, check that out. This is an awesome coffee mug, so if you like to travel much, it's got a great top, good lid on it, and everything and then our books uh, we highly encourage men to grab this if you're new in the faith, maybe weak in your faith. Uh, this is a great kick in the butts uh book it's my testimony of Uh, how I learned to man up God's way. And then the book that I can't reach is called pursuit of a godly life. Um, live like Jesus matters. And I walk you through second Peter chapter one, five through 12. And it talks about the, the characteristics or the virtues of being a Christian. And So I broke down, uh, those, each one of those for, uh, for you to learn what faith is, learn what moral excellence is and so forth and so on. So again, really excited uh to be here and um again tonight is going to be a little bit special um i just got myself on here we don't have any guests uh which is is good and bad um one of the guests that we had kind of got his days mixed up and he will be here in the near future looking forward to it but we really got some great guests coming up we are booked through august um every day through the rest of june july and august So we got some really 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 good uh guests coming on here real soon but tonight what i want to address and i want to talk about some issues that cultural issues that have become hot topics Um, everything from abortion to um, cheating pastors to the lgbtq to um, uh, a lot of these things that right now Christians really don't know how to combat, and um, we're seeing it from all fronts. And uh, I just wanna start, uh, a, a, few, a few weeks ago, a few, actually it's probably been a month now, uh, I posted something about abortion. I don't know if you guys know that recently we've got um, what looks like promise for um, the uh, abortion through the Supreme Court to be overturned. And for, for me, if, as a Christian, as a pastor, um, I truly believe that this is something that needs to happen. It is an evil that has been in the United States since 1972, and uh, we've killed over 67 million babies uh, in that time. And 99% of them are um, for convenience, not because the mom was dying or not because, um, you know, there was an uh, abnormality or anything like that. It was literally for convenience. and so. I I preached a sermon not too long ago um, at my church, and and what I was encouraging Christians to do is that, number one, you need to be praying for this. Uh, Number two, you need to step up and actually do something. And what I mean by that is that um, what they're going to yell and scream and cry is that, think of all the kids that are in foster care right now. Think of all the kids that are in um, uh, adoption homes or agencies and uh, orphanages. Uh, the Christians need to do a better job in what in what they're doing I had a guest on not too long ago um, who uh, runs an orphanage actually a couple of orphanages in Haiti and he said uh, in the United States if uh, if if Christian families were to adopt 1.5 kids which obviously you can't adopt a half a kid but if you were to adopt two kids let's say uh, we could take care of the foster care and the abortion or the uh, um, orphanages, uh, all, all at once, if just the Christians would step up and do that. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, number one, to be praying that they ban abortions all across the board. Now, I know it's not going to take care of everything because the states will then jump in and you're going to have, just like you have red and blue states, you're going to have abortion states. And, um, you know, everybody's talking about, you're going to have abortion, tourism, um, and different things like that. So. I want to encourage you to be praying that God, uh, gives strength and wisdom to our Supreme court justices to make the right decision. Um, this is not a freedom of choice or the rights to your body. And that it is literally the death of a baby. Uh, second thing is I want you to, uh, be praying about what you can do what God would lead you to do in a situation to where maybe you have the opportunity to adopt a child or to foster children or to be a big brother, big sister. But the church has to get out of its four walls and actually do something. And, uh, this is going to be a hot topic coming up. I guarantee in the elections, um, if they don't decide if the Supreme court doesn't do anything between now and then, there's probably going to be some bad things that come out against some Supreme Court justices. Like I can just see the writing on the wall, so to speak. And I just want to encourage Christians to, to do those two things, pray and actually do something, get out and make a difference. Um, and so my point in telling you that was a few months ago, I actually posted something on, uh, about, about abortion. And man, and I've got probably th- 4,000 people that are on my personal page. And we have 877,000 followers on face Our man up God's way Facebook. And I've got 42,000 men in a group private, uh, a private group, men only. Um, and then we have our app and I'll talk a little bit about our app here in just a minute, but, um, I got lamb blasted for posting stuff about abortion, uh, not only from, you know, the the left wing friends that I have or people that follow me, uh, but also from Christians. And um, it is a very, very hot topic. And I just don't see how you can justify it. Number one, biblically or even morally, if you weren't biblically moral, um, even just a moral side of you, I just don't see how it can be justified. But my point in doing all and saying all this is that we really want, um, Christians, or I really want Christians to step up and actually, uh, let's do something. Let's help out. Let's see what we can do, uh, to make, um, this world a better place by not killing our babies and, uh, uh, and then do something on the side there as well. And in that post that I created uh, about abortion and even today, I I had a post about um a a drag um some drag queens actually hosting a family get-together uh for children and it was it was a family fun night for um these drag queens and they you know bring your kids and it's going to be a family fun night and all kinds of crazy stuff and I posted something about that like Number one, gosh, I, I feel sorry for, um, the families that feel that they need to take their kids to something like that and, and indoctrinate them. Uh, the second thing I was talking about was the indoctrination and, um, somebody posted as well as on the abortion page posted, how come you don't talk about, you know, pastors abusing children or cheating on their wives and all of that. Well, I have talked about that. I have preached about that. And that's something that we're going to talk about tonight uh for those of you who don't know uh recently the sbc has been land blasted and i am not a part of the sbc i just want to let you know that and uh, don't have anything wrong uh, that that i disagree with much on well up until recently i should say but they did do something really really stupid and they withheld names of pastors who were abusing not only women but uh, it sounds like children as well and so couple of people were like, how come you don't talk about that? How come you don't blast them? Well, I spend most of my days as a men's minister, um, and a men's leader dealing with the subject of sexual immorality for men. It is a major issue. It's a major problem. And for pastors, it is becoming a bigger problem, not because of their congregation, but because of themselves and, um. I just wanna I just kinda of wanna dive down a rabbit trail right at the moment and talk you know, talk to pastors. If you're a pastor and you're listening to this, I wanna encourage you, number one, you need to stand firm. You need to stand be steadfast in your devotion to your spouse, to your wife, and you need to be um steadfast in hating sin. Uh not only your own sin, but the sin of others. And you need to be able to stand up uh, against that sin, especially sexual immorality. And you can look all around. All you gotta do is Google pastors and sexual immorality and you will see more and more pastors that are falling because number one, they don't have men in their lives, keeping them accountable. Number two, they don't have a discipline in their lives to keep them from doing that and, uh, they don't have a great relationship with their spouse and, uh, the Bible tells elders and pastors that they need to have their household in order. And that means spiritually speaking, you need to be the spiritual leader of your home. You need to make sure that you and your wife are communicating and talking about uh, things that are uh, in your, in your head, so to speak. Um, the lustful thoughts that you're having, the issues that you're struggling with, Um, encourage your wife and praying with your wife and making sure that she knows that you love her like Christ loved the church. And so, um, men and pastors there's a few things that i would really encourage you to do number one find an accountability partner Um, pastors if you can find another pastor to um, be your accountability part partner um, man you need to do that big time pastors need a pastor and there are people in your community. Um, maybe you went to school with them. Maybe you've pastored with them before. I don't know, uh, but I would highly suggest that you get involved with a few of these pastors um, as soon as possible, and make sure that you don't, um, you know, fall to the wayside, so to speak. And so, I want to. I would. I just want to first of all talk about that sin is rampant in the church. Unfortunately, um, you know, the church is a place to where. You know, you've always heard the adage that it's a place for, um, broken people and it really is. But when you come broken, there's also healing. And in that process, you're learning to love God. You're learning to love yourself. And then you're learning to love others more importantly. And, um, The problem with pastors a lot of times is they get to a position to where they feel like they can't talk to anybody. They can't, you know, express the things that are in their head because, oh, they're the pastor, they're not supposed to have those thoughts. Well, as a man, you're going to have those thoughts and you need to learn to capture those thoughts. The Bible tells us to capture our thoughts. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. In other words, pastors, not only do you need to know scripture for preaching, but you also need to know scripture for your life and how to live your life. And, um, in Romans eight, six, my life verse, it says for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And the moment that you go toward the flesh, whether it's a lustful, um, whether you're lustful, whether you're, um, you know, you're looking at things you're not supposed to be doing, whether you're envying, whether you're in a place to where, um, you have, uh, no accountability. Um, you're in the flesh and that flesh will kill you. That, that flesh will take, that sin will eventually kill you spiritually and sometimes physically. It will definitely kill you mentally. And so you need to learn to capture that, capture those thoughts, uh, learn to use scripture to combat that. Uh, the Bible tells us to flee from sexual immorality. You can't stay around and fight that if, uh, if, and I'm going to give you some helps here in just a second. But, uh the church has to do a better job in confronting uh fornication. Uh fornication is a big problem. You know, people are having sex left and right whether it's in the church or whether not physically in the church, but church folks or in the world. And we basically we don't even talk about it anymore uh much. Um uh adultery. You know, when you're looking at some of these pastors that are out there that are committing adultery left and right, they've gotten to a place to where they no longer have a relationship with their spouse and they no longer have accountability to to hold them accountable for their actions. The Bible tells uh, elders and pastors to be above reproach, meaning that I shouldn't even be in a position to where somebody can accuse me of inappropriate, um, actions or words or text or anything like that. And again, I'm going to give you some helps here in just a second. So for those who have, um, you know, jumped on the bandwagon talking about, you know, that we don't talk about those things. That is not true. We talk about them often and, um, we talk about them all the time and we want, you know, men to be uh, accountable. We want men to, to hold a higher esteem of themselves as well as their spouse. Um, the church should be the place to where, you know, broken people come that are healed and that when sin is, um, evident in the church that it is confronted, whether it is, pride, whether it is fornication, whether it is envy or gluttony or the litany of sins that the Bible lists, we need to be in the church. We need to make sure that we combat those sins with scripture, with discipleship, with accountability, uh, with tough love and with discipline. And we want you to, um, you know, get into a place to where you can find somebody that will help you uh, stay accountable. So. Let me give you a few things here. Uh, men, this helps all men and ladies, if you're listening to, um, this obviously will help you and also kind of give you a a view of kind of what maybe you shouldn't do, uh, when you're around another man or another woman's man or husband or something like that. And so, um, number one, you need to make sure that you, um, avoid being alone. If you're a pastor in the church. You want to number, I should say, let me start a few other other places. Make sure that you're in the word, not just for your sermons, but for your devotion, for your spiritual wellness, making sure that you're reading your Bible every day, making sure that you're praying uh, every day, not just for your church, but for strength and courage and boldness and discipline in your life to help you get through these things. I've always said, you know, the problem with men is that we've got two eyes that Um, take us to places that we shouldn't go. And once that loss becomes action, uh, it will take you further than you've ever wanted to go. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you're in the word of God, that you are praying and that when God reveals those sins in your life, that you are repenting. And then make sure in the church as a leader, as a man, make sure that you're never alone with another woman. Uh, In my life, here's what I do. Uh, I don't counsel women by myself. I counsel them with my wife. I don't allow women, nor do I uh, text. I don't allow women to text me, and I don't text women without my wife being on the thread. As a pastor, there's there's a lot of things that I have to do uh, to lead the flock uh, that I that I've been blessed to be called to. Um, but I also have to make sure that I'm accountable. Luckily, my wife is one of those women that stays involved and uh, she's right along by my side and she comes along in those moments where we need to to talk to somebody. And so I don't text. I don't phone call. I don't um, without my wife either standing there or on the text thread itself. Um, I also she has my password on my phone. Um, I have on my phone on my computer and my iPad is over there with my son. I have on all of those uh, blockers for pornography. Uh, If I were to search anything um, whatsoever that would be sexual in nature, my wife and my elders will get an email. And so I've put in barriers in my life to help me make sure that I don't go down that rabbit trail. Um, When I'm at church, uh, when I'm in the church building itself, I don't go into another room where another woman is. Um, Matter of fact, not even two or three, I usually stand outside the room, um, I don't try to, to, to go into those. I don't do anything behind closed doors. Um and again I don't counsel women. It's not because I don't want to help them, it is because I want to help them, but I don't ever want to be put in a situation to where one, I'm not above reproach, or two, there's a temptation there that um I may not be ready to battle. My battle has begun a long time ago to where I have these these no's. I've already answered the question. No. Okay. If uh, I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel um, and uh, the elevator, I'm on the elevator or or the elevator opens and there's just a woman there or a woman standing next to me. I will wait till that elevator goes up before I get on the elevator. I won't even get on an elevator with a woman. Uh, I don't go down to the hotel lounge or bar or restaurant to eat. I usually order in. I don't want to be put in situations like that because as, as a pastor, as a as a international men's leader, um, as a husband, as a father, if I fall, I take a whole lot of people with me. Um, they, you won't believe how many people, you know, and again, they will lose their faith to an extent or have disbelief in God because of something that one person did. I don't want that responsibility. I want to I want to finish well to the best of my ability. I want my wife to say that I was a good godly man and a good godly husband. I want my kids to say the same thing. And so pastors, I want to encourage you to, to those moments of weakness, to make sure that you are reading your Bible, that you're praying, that you're having a repentant lifestyle, that you're not doing these things that I just said, that you're not counseling women by yourself, that you're not texting women by yourself. You're not putting yourself in these situations. And so. I want to make sure that you guys are very clear um, of your role and responsibility because it's a it's a big, big burden to carry as a pastor. Um, you've got to be very, very careful and make sure that these things don't happen in your life. And so um, what's going on in the SBC, what's going on across um, some of these issues all across um, the world, you know, these pastors falling, it's usually because they've gotten to a place where they're complacent and they're not living the life that God has called them to live. Let me give you a few other helps here. Um, avoid being alone, uh, by yourself. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean, you know, just taking some time, some quiet time, but d- don't, you know, the pandemic over the last couple of years, uh, made everybody, feel like it was okay to be alone. We were not meant to be alone. You don't need to go to your place and and, and, in your corner or hole up in your house or not commune with your wife or your kids. Um, You need to be in fellowship uh, often, a lot more than you are alone. Again, those mornings or evenings that you're spending with God uh, in the context of your own home, that's great. But don't spend time alone. Don't get to a place where you start stinking thinking. And the next thing you know, you're in a, in a really, really bad place. Whether it's depression, uh, whether it's sexual immorality, um, whether it's fear, doubt, worry, uh, that usually happens when you're alone. Make sure you, that you surround yourself with men, women. Make sure that you surround yourself with women as well uh, to help you as well. Um, again, watch who you're alone together with. Don't, don't get involved, uh, you know, being alone with women. Um. make sure you uh, control your social uh, media. Make sure you control your phone usage. Make sure you control your computer usage. If you're having issues with pornography, um, the, the easiest way to do is to set this thing down. I've got a phone sitting right here in front of me. I've got my computer right here as well. And uh, I just want want to encourage you to make sure that these things don't become idols in your lives. And it's very easy. All you gotta do is go and look at, see how much time you're spending on it. And you'll see real quick, if it's an idol in your life. Uh, I know I struggle with just being on social media and keeping in contact with everybody uh, a lot of times. So I've got to be very careful myself. Um, make sure that you don't go to bed with your phone. You know, that especially if you're married, um, Man, spend, t- spend more time with your wife. Spend more time, you know, talking with her, praying with her. Um, I'd, I'd gotten out of a really bad habit um, or I'd gotten into a really bad habit of not praying with my wife. I, for years, I prayed with her every night before we went to bed. And, you know, with four kids and two dogs, a cat. or no, Actually, we don't have a cat, do we? So I don't know where the cat came from. We got a lizard and a bunny. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, life gets busy and sometimes when you hit that bed, it's like the last thing you think of is praying for some reason. And, uh, I want to encourage you men, lead your wives in prayers right before you go to bed. Don't take your phone to bed. Um, be careful with what you watch, you know, on TV. Um, I have a rule in my house that anything that's sexual in nature, um, one, we don't watch number two, if it's comes on, you know, unknowingly, uh, I bounce my eyes. And I've taught my sons how to bounce their eyes. And that's literally just taking your eyes off of what you're looking and making sure that uh, you bounce them somewhere try to collect your thoughts, capture your thoughts and make sure that you don't allow that visual to take you any further than that temptation. Um, again, be careful with what you watch and don't allow some of the filth and the evil stuff to come into your life that way. Memorize scripture. This is how you fight temptation. If you remember Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus fasted for 40 days. He'd just been baptized. Like he, he, you know, this is when he's getting ready to start his ministry. He'd just been baptized. He goes out into the wilderness 40 days. And then all of a sudden Satan pops up and starts tempting him. What Satan was doing was he was tempting him by misusing scripture, but obviously Jesus is the word. So he knew the scripture and again. So does Satan. Satan knows the scripture as well, but he also knows how to misuse it. A lot like a lot of false prophets do. Um, Jesus used scripture to combat Satan. Every time that he said, Hey man, I'll give you the kingdom. I'll give you the world. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And he's like, every time he came with scripture, memorize scripture, find man, five, 10 verses, man that just really help you. And that, uh, that, 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 make you feel like you're you're able to combat romans 8 6 i said earlier my life verse for the mindset on the flesh is death but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace i have to go to that verse often because there's moments as a man whether it's visually or anger or worried depression fear like there's sometimes the flesh will take over in in moments but i capture that thought by going okay i'm not going to the flesh because I don't want this kind of death i don't want to this kind of misery um my hope is in jesus that's in the spirit the power of the holy spirit gives me the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control and so we have to be memorizing scripture it's going to be huge for you uh, to help you with that Um, you know set some limits in your life Uh, learn to be disciplined uh, set time for your time with God, set time with your spouse, set time with your kids, set time with, you know, people from church. Uh, as a pastor, you've got to be a little bit organized in order to handle the chaos of, of running a church. Um, our church has recently grown. We're, we're bouncing between 175 and 200, depending on the Sunday, and um, it's becoming busy. Uh, learning everybody's name, making sure that I'm kissing babies and shaking hands and doing all that kind of stuff. It gets busy and taking the phone calls and the texts that come throughout the week and meeting and coffee and discipling and and still trying to uh, um, lead my family. It takes a discipline, um, and you, you also need rest. Make sure that you are resting, that you do take time uh, a day or two just to – Collect your thoughts and and catch your breath. Um, so make sure that you set some limits in your house and be very disciplined with some of those things. And like I just said, rest. Learn to rest well. There is nothing wrong. Here's here. I'll tell you how I rest, and my kids have seen me be you know seen me do this for the last um, quite quite some time, probably fifteen years. Sunday after church, um, especially over the last seven years since I became a senior pastor. Uh, I spend those afternoons pretty much on the couch and I I'm resting, I'm breathing. I just preached a sermon. I spent four or five days just preparing for it and getting it ready. And there's this and pastors, you'll know what I'm talking about, man. There's this great well up in you Saturday night and Sunday morning, you wake up early and you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden you preach your sermon. It's like, uh, and Monday morning depression is real just so you know, uh, pastors, you're not the only one who goes through it. Just so I, I shouldn't say as a pastor, you're not the only one who goes through it. All pastors really go through it. So spend Sunday, Monday, if you can, most pastors will try to take Monday off. Uh, I also have a, a second job to where, um, I'm trying not to make the church, you know, um, have to pay so much to my salary, but I'm still supplementing some of that. Hopefully someday it'll be, um, hundred percent full-time right now. It's just about 80%. And, uh, but I put a hundred percent into that 80%. So I need that Sunday afternoon to make sure that I rest, um, work hard, man, when you're studying, study hard, um, when you're, uh, working, work hard, when you're discipling disciple hard, you know, in those moments that you're doing those things, make sure that you're doing it full force, a hundred percent and, uh, do a great job of it. Um, one thing that most pastors you know, don't really think about it. and the congregation definitely doesn't think about, uh, about the things that a pastor goes through, but, uh, I want you to, to learn, to resist the devil. Um, and, and that is something that you have to notice. There's two things that you need to do. You, first of all, you need to notice and know the voice of God because there's always gonna be voices coming at you, but you need to know which voice is God's. You need to make sure that you understand when God speaks to you, and you have those moments of quiet time um, that you're listening intently on God, that you know scripture, that you hear him talking to you, because the enemy, Satan, will try to whisper to you these little sweet nothings in your ear that sound a lot like God, but they are not God. So when you're resisting to the devil, make sure that the things that he says to you you back up with scripture and the things that he says to you, you make sure that you're, you're, you know, the voice, you know how to, to stop that. Um, you need to make sure that, uh, you don't give him the opportunity, um, to tempt you. Uh, it is a spiritual warfare for a reason. If you're not preparing for the battle, you will lose every time. And how you prepare, I've already said this, reading your Bible, praying, you need to have men in your life. Uh, pastor if you have if you don't have anybody make sure that you find a pastor uh, an elder that you can trust and that you uh, combat you get them to help you pray for whatever issues going on in your life Um, men are pretty simplistic we have five major problems sex wives money kids and work and pastors there's a there's a big one right around all that and that's pride Don't let your pride get in the way of combating these spiritual issues that are going on in your life. Make sure that you take time to spend with God and make sure that you take time to talk with others as well. And then, um, draw closer to God in all that you do. Make sure that you are drawing closer to God, um, through your reading, through your prayer time, through your sermons, making sure that, man, you're just drawing closer to God. And what's cool about that is the closer you get to God, the closer that you will get to others. And the more that you love God, the more that you're going to love others. Um, And so, again, I just want to encourage you. I also want to, you know, just say that, you know, the church has to do a better job. Pastors, you have to do a better job. You have to fight the flesh. You have to fight... Uh, the temptations and elders and leaders and, and just church members, man, the way that we will win people to Jesus is through our words and through our deeds. If our words match our deeds, they're more likely to um, want to know what makes us joyful, what makes us um self-controlled, what makes us loving, what makes us giving, what makes us serve. They're going to want to know that Where where do we get our hope? Where do we get our joy when they see both the words and the deeds match? That's where they want to be a part of that. But when they hear the words, but don't see the deeds or, or they, they hear the words and they see the hypocrisy, I promise you, they're not going to come close. Uh, we need to be a people, um, that is set apart. That is the salt of the earth. That is a light. That is bright and shining. That we're piercing through the darkness. And the church needs to do a, a much better job. We need to learn to love God and learn to love others. Jesus needs to be the center of everything that you do. He needs to be the focus of everything that you do. And I promise you, you will win people to the Lord. You will also. You'll also be able to fight the temptation better. Um, sexual immorality in the church is running rampant. We've got to stop that we've got to combat it um and we can't let culture come into the church and change us um you know stand stand fast on the word of god stand um bold on the word of god and more importantly stand bold in your words and deeds make sure that that people can't look at you and say what a hypocrite um we need to finish well that's what we need to do. Pastors, you need to finish well. Elders, you need to finish well. Church folks, you need to finish well. Men, husbands, fathers, you need to finish well. Do everything in your power to make sure that you don't get caught up in temptation that will lead you down a, a, a rocky road. I spend a lot of time with um, with um, ministries that actually deal with sex trafficking. and. Um, in more than one instance from different people that are involved in these a lot of these are military guys that go into third world countries and they'll bust rich americans buying um children for sexual favors sexual acts um prostitution and then they'll also bust the ring while you know the child ring uh sex trafficking ring while they're there and many times after they do the bust, they have the men sitting in a room and you know, they're asking them, how did you get to this third world country all the way from America to buy a, a child? In almost 100% cases, it always starts off with lust and pornography. And so what happens is this lust happens in their eyes. They don't combat it. They get into pornography. The next thing you know, it's the pornography that's not doing it for them or the affair. Uh, next thing you know, it's child porn and uh pedophilia and the next thing you know it's not good enough to just to do this you've got to go to a third world country and so sin will never satisfy uh as a matter of fact it, it's almost insatiable sensationable uh you've got to be very careful to nip it at the bud real quick because sin will always take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay and cost you more than you wanted to pay. And so make sure that you learn to have the spiritual battle uh, that begins in your eyes begins in your mind and more importantly once you impart the word of god into your heart you will learn not to sin uh, against god and so all the stuff that is going on in the sbc uh, again uh, a new uh, 205 page um, database was made public Uh, in May of last month, and it it has more than um, 700 entries of sexual abuse inside the SBC. And it's not just pastors, but it's also uh, staff members, youth leaders, uh, youth pastors, different things like that. So it's a It's a litany of people that have gotten into trouble. But unfortunately, much like the Catholic church, the SBC thought it would be okay to hide some of this information. And I think that's probably the wrong thing because I think once somebody does something like that, the best deterrent is to know that there are consequences. Somebody goes to jail, you know that there's going to be a consequence. Um, That should happen in in every case, especially when it comes to abuse, abuse. Uh, and or pedophilia they need to be busted they need to go to jail and uh, they need to start serving their time and I'm not saying that they can't be forgiven uh, they can repent but they definitely don't need to be in leadership they definitely don't, They they definitely need to suffer the consequences from that so church officials kept a private list of abusers uh, this investigation found and uh, it's over 10 years And it's a a very, very sad thing, and it breaks my heart that the church would, you know, do this and that they would actually allow something like this to happen. We have to be firm. We have to be bold. We have to set up policies and procedures within the church so that doesn't happen. Um, We've put up, um, you know, monitors in our church to make sure that, you know, we, we can at least keep an eye and an ear on things that are going on. Uh, to make sure that something like this doesn't happen, we have security to to make sure that the, some of these things don't happen. You know, the church needs to be proactive about this, um, making sure that you do background checks, making sure that you're having a discipleship, lead, you know, discipleship to teach men and women what this looks like and how to 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 be godly. And um, uh, we need to do a, a better job of it. And so, um, yes. Pastors sin, Um, but they don't have to to sin like this. They don't have to get into situations that lead them down a road that is far worse off for them. And um, we gotta be very, very careful about how we present ourselves uh, to the rest of the world. Um, Guys, as a pastor, you will be judged more harshly, just so you know. Uh, The Bible tells us so. For those who wanna lead, Um, It's a great thing, and it really is. And if you're called for that, it it is a major blessing. But um, God tells us that there's a higher responsibility for you. You need to make sure that um, you are approved by God, that you are um, hearing from God, that you are loved from God. You've got to be really, really, really careful about how you present yourself, how you present the gospel and how you lead and shepherd your church um, they should never put you on a pedestal but unfortunately they do and um, you are the the, the mouthpiece of the church you're the the leader, the visionary you're the the person that they they look up to um, and you need to be that person. you need to make sure that you don't let them down um and if you can't handle the the pressure of it then you know gosh step down Uh, move over let somebody else take that position uh for you but you've got to be very very careful and stand firm on the word of god and preach the gospel and love like jesus and disciple like paul and make sure that you're serving and giving to your congregation, but protect yourself, make sure that you're setting up barriers, make sure that you're doing the right things, make sure that you don't put yourself in a situation or a position that will cause somebody to think that you're not above reproach. And so um, I'm going to spend some more time uh, later on in a few podcasts. I've got some people coming on on Monday night that we will dive into this a little bit deeper because it is a big issue within the church. And, uh, I'm not going to poo poo it. I'm not going to, you know, say that it's okay because it's not okay. The church should be the place to where, um, especially in leadership is that you're, you're not sinless, but you are sinning less, um, that you are set yourself above that you have, you know, um, uh, disciplined yourself to make sure that those things don't happen. And I want to encourage you to, um, find help, seek help, get accountability. Um, make sure you're reading, spending time with God and, uh, don't allow this to happen in your church. And so, uh, again, you can look through the, through Google at all the pastors who have fallen. Um, and usually you hear the big ones, but it probably happens a lot more than you would care to, to care to know, to be honest, because even in some of the smaller churches, even um, in some of the parachurch ministries, you're seeing things like this happen. And again, it's not just the church, it's corporations, it's, you know, uh, healthcare, it's everywhere. Uh, sexual immorality is everywhere. And, uh, but The church is one place that it should not be. Uh, We need to do a better job with that. And so what makes sexual sin a big deal? Well, um, God, who establishes what is sin and what isn't sin, um, has said that sexual sin um, is a big deal. Uh, Whether it's uh, immorality, whether it's adultery, whether it's fornication, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's bestiality, whether it's pedophilia, like there there's a litany of sins that God has deemed sin. And when we take those lightly, uh, we go against God and whether it's, um, marriage between man and a woman, um, you know, that's the only context where God gives the blessing for sex, uh, not only for procreation, but for pleasure. Um, that is the only context. There is no other context in the Bible that he uh, allows for sexual sin. And so, uh, I want to play something because I, I'm going to segue in here in just a minute to, um, uh, some of the LGBT, uh, things that are going on. Um, some of the, 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 uh, propaganda that's going on, some of the indoctrination that's going on. Um, but I, I, I want you to know, number one, when I am talking about LGBTQ, I'm talking about sexual immorality. Um, if I were talking to a church member who was having an, an adulterous affair, I would have the same amount of passion and uh, angst about him repenting of that sin as I would an LGBTQ person. I don't even know the, 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 all the letters there, but um, I want to play something from Vody Bachman. You know, right now the church is silent, um, on some of the things that we're talking about tonight, you know, whether it's the abortions, whether it's pastors, you know, sinning, um, having affairs, um, you know, abusing children or even women. Um, the church is silent on, it's also silent on the LGBTQ uh, issues and, uh, we need to do a better job as pastors and as church leaders, as followers of Christ in standing firm against sin. And I'm not, I'm not picking a group. I'm not picking anybody. If it's sin, I hate it. I hate my sin more than anybody's. Uh, and and I'm not sitting here claiming to be perfect, uh, by any means, but I do deal with my sin on a daily basis. I repent of my sins, uh, when they, come up, uh, the sins that I have now, uh, are, are they're a lot less than I did 15 years ago, 17 years ago when I became a Christian. Um, I sin less, I am not sinless. And so please don't, don't mistake what I'm saying, but as a, as a Christ follower, uh, we are called to stand firm on the word of God. We're not to condone sin. And the issue with the LGBTQ is that they want us to condone that sin and that is a sin. I'm going you know uh it would be just like me condoning adultery. And um speaking of that, I want to play this clip from Vodi Bachman. And he's trying to make the point about churches talking about sexual sin um most exclusively homosexuality and the things that are being propagated in our society today. But he makes a great analogy here and I want you to listen to this real quick. Imagine this on a Sunday morning from a church. Now church We're going to address the issue of adultery, but I don't want you to be alarmed. I am not here to bash adulterers. I love adulterers. Jesus loves adulterers. I have friends who are adulterers. And I believe that our church needs to be open and accepting toward adulterers. And I want you to be, right? That just feels wrong, doesn't it? Every time a pastor goes to preach on homosexuality, we expect that to be upfront. Why? Because we've been jammed. That's why the most onerous sin that you can imagine from a scriptural perspective has us apologizing for saying what God says about it. So that's Vody Bachman. And, um, you know, we unfortunately... People in general, especially Christians, have taken this sin and elevated it to the ultimate sin. Again, I, I don't believe that God looks down um, at sin as, as ranking. Uh, I do believe that all sin is sin in God's eyes. But however, I do believe there are greater consequences for sins. A little white lie is not going to get you as much trouble as having an affair, or murdering somebody, or um, being a homosexual. Uh, There's a lot of things that go along with um, uh, some of these sins that uh, most people, you know, whether it's um, whether it's you know, like even even in homosexuality, uh, there's a and transgender um, transgenderism. There's this massive psychological issue that's going on where it's got some of the highest suicide rates. And that's, that's a result or a consequence of the sin. Um, Because it it doesn't, even though it may feel right, physically, spiritually and emotionally, it doesn't feel right. And um, uh, again, what happens in somebody's bedroom is really none of my business, but the moment that it started to be propagated, that I have to condone it uh, and, or uh, approve of it, or allow my kids to be taught it. uh, That's when the issue becomes a major issue for me. And it should for uh, most parents that are out there as, as well as the church uh, in general, we've got to be careful um, how we allow some of these things to uh, continue on in um our school systems and uh, even in our church today i posted um a, a, an ad that was a uh family fin- friendly let me find it here real quick on my phone it was a family friendly um event that um was a drag show and let me just read this to you here real quick it says, um, drag brunch. And this is, uh, it was last Saturday, Saturday, June 18th. And I just, I just, somebody sent it to me today and it's sponsored by a, a local company. And I think it's actually a chain. It's a restaurant chain. I'm not going to throw them under the bus right now, but it's, uh, um, hosted by Arya Queer. And it is uh, Pride Haven is the name of the group. And it is a drag show for the family. It's drag performances and family fun. $10 for adults, $5 for kids 14 and under. Um, and what blows me away is that, um, the, uh, first of all, number one, that they had the guts to do this is an all ages events. And they've got pictures of these these ladies, these guys dressed up as ladies, they're not even ladies, one of them actually has a beard, um, makeup and everything else on which is, is kind of crazy to begin with. But what is crazy to me is that people would actually take their kids. And um I'm just like, holy cow, like sexual sin is sexual sin, whether it's whether it's fornication, whether it's adultery, whether it's uh, homosexuality it it is a sin and for us to elevate sin and make it prideful um like this these groups are doing is it's kind of sickening to me um it breaks my heart that our children and again listen there's nothing new under the sun okay this is this is not something that uh, has just happened sodom and gomorrah was completely obliterated by God because of their immorality, um, homosexuality being in that list as well. And so this is nothing new under the sun. However, in my lifetime, it is more evident and more prominent than it ever has been. And so, uh, it's kind of new for me, I guess you could say. So, uh, one of the things that I, you know i wanted to talk about was that the church needs to stand firm number 1 on the word of god number 2 uh we don't when we when we judge sin uh we are judging the sin biblically it's not our opinion it's not our um our thought process it is literally and it should be scripture um that judgment should come in love just so you know um just like I would talk to another brother that was having an affair, I would not yell and scream at him and tell him he's going to hell and he better change his ways and all that. I mean, he should change his ways and I will tell him to change his ways, but it will be a process that we walk him through to a place to where he's truly convicted to repent. Um, when you're confronting someone who is in sin, whether it's sexual sin or any sin for that matter, if it's done in love, if it's done biblically, you have a better chance of, of allowing them to see the truth that comes from behind the gospel it should never be done harshly it should never be done mean it should never be done in hatred and number two you're not to judge their eternity you're only to judge the sin um, you'd love on them to the best of your ability and again it, it, it takes it's a, it's a mutual thing if they don't love you they don't care what you say you're not gonna really have a say-so anyway uh, for you to go on, you know, social media or a street corner blasting homosexuals like the is it the Westboro Baptist, Westboro Baptist, whatever they used to do, you know, God hates fags and all of that crazy stuff that they used to do is that's not, that's not biblical either. And uh, unfortunately, when you talk about disliking the sin itself, you get lumped in with those kind of people. As a matter of fact, somebody tried to tell me today that, um, you know, because all the Pastors are having sex with kids, you know, some pastors, I should say, are having sex with kids. They lumped all the pastors into that. Um, They also lumped me in with hate groups, and I've never said a hateful thing about them. I do say something about the sin, but not about the person. And so what does the church do? Well, the, the church, again, is a place for hurting people. The, the the church is a place for um, someone to be able to come in with their baggage and say I, i'm confused i'm hurt i'm broken i don't know what to do uh, can someone help me at that time the church should step up and say we can help you now when somebody walks into the church with their baggage the idea is that they don't get to keep that baggage we, we need to unpack it we need to make sure that they understand what the word of God says and what we believe. And, uh, I've had many people call me, um, and asking, you know, homosexual couples asking what our stance is here at our church. And I lovingly tell them that I do not spend every Sunday talking about homosexuality, but if it does come up in scripture, I am going to stand firm on the word of God and I will not condone it. Um, you will not be able to lead in our church and, um, you, you, uh, you, you may hear that we dislike homosexuality, but you'll never hear that we dislike you. Uh, those people have never come, uh, to the church, but, uh, and they, you know, lovingly say, okay, well, it's not the church for us and that's fine. Um, however, there are churches that have become woke i guess is the word to say and uh, as a matter of fact i got a text um after my post this morning um i got a text from a pastor buddy of mine down in florida that says uh, a a church a local church down there was having a teenage uh, pride party uh, at the church and so the churches are going about it the wrong way. They're trying to allow culture to come into the church. And when culture comes into the church, it will eventually overtake the gospel. And the moment that it overtakes the gospel, the church is no longer useful. Um, The church is no longer doing the things that it should be doing. um, When it comes to sharing the gospel, Uh, we are called to go out and to make disciples and to evangelize and to teach people what sin is. And when people aren't doing that, especially when the church isn't doing that, it becomes a major, major problem, um, in the community. And what you're seeing, uh, we're in the St. Louis area and we see, especially downtown, um, we see a lot of the woke churches that are condoning homosexuality and sin in general. It's not just homosexuality, but it's sin in general. Um, You know, there's progressive churches now. They're called progressive churches now that um, they are inclusive of everything. Um, And as a matter of fact, they don't believe that the word of God is the inherent word of God, that they don't believe that it is uh, the true word of God, that is just uh, something that has been written, that you can take some good stuff out of it and you can do whatever. And so as the world gets darker, the church... the the church of Jesus needs to stand firm and bold on the word of God. Um, we have to make sure that we're not allowing sin or people or corporations to indoctrinate our children into things that they don't necessarily need to know right now. Um, you're seeing more and more issues and items come across, um, whether it's, uh, Congress or the local uh, community or even school boards that just do not make sense. There's no reason a three or four year old needs to be talking about sex yet at all. Uh, there's no reason a three or four year old needs to have full, uh, reign of an iPod or iPad or anything else. There's no reason that even up until high school, I mean, and to be honest, I don't think it's the school's responsibility to teach them about sex. It's the parents' responsibility, um, because now it's just become indoctrinated. And well, yeah, once you get into college, it's it's even worse. And so we've got a society right now that um, if you say something as a sin, uh, they turn it around on you, saying that you hate them or you you hate or that you're judging them and. Most verses in the Bible about judging are about how to judge. Uh, they're not, they're not saying that you do not judge. They are saying how to judge. And so when we judge the sin of others, we're judging it on a biblical basis, not on an opinion, uh, not on what I believe. It's what the Bible says, what Christians have to do, what Christ followers have to do is make sure that they're living by that as well. You can't say that somebody else is sinning while you're over here sinning as well. That's the hypocrisy that uh, has happened in the church. Um, you can't tell somebody that they're sinning and that they're going to go to hell in hatred. Um, you can't condemn their life. You can't judge their life for eternity. That is not what you're called to do. God is the only one that will do that. God is a just God. He was. He is the one that is going uh, to do that as well. And so as a church, I don't think we need to elevate the sin of homosexuality or the LGBTQ, um, but we, we can't condone it. Just like I won't condone the sexual behaviors of pastors or church leaders or anything like that. Uh, Just like I don't even condone, um, you know, the pride of men, uh, the pride of women, uh, hatred, anger. I don't condone any of that as well. And so The church needs to do a better job in making sure that we stand firm on the Word of God, that we do it in love, and that we're not hypocrites while we're doing it as well. And so sexual sin is a big deal. Uh, Again, um, God created man. He created woman. uh, He ordained. That was the very first thing that he ordained was the marriage of a man or woman uh, for pleasure. Sex is for pleasure. It is also for procreation, and that's why... Uh, He created uh, that. And then he goes on through the rest of the Bible, you know, telling what is right and what isn't right. And Satan has perverted this to the point where you have Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, You have uh, men in the Bible having 15 wives. Solomon had over 1,200 concubines. That was not what God's plan for him was. That was not God's best for him. God still used him in a, a, a really... I would call it a weird way because of all the crazy things that he did, but he gave us an example of what not to do. Um, you know, that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible wasn't sugarcoated. It told the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, from all those that God wrote about in the Bible. Um, there's not this pristine, um, life. Nobody is perfect. Jesus is the only one who, walked this earth perfectly sinless and um kept every law and, and never sinned in the process nobody else has nobody else has even gotten close and so we're all fallible we're all broken we're all we're all bound for hell without jesus christ and the more that you get to know jesus the more that you learn to love jesus the more that you understand jesus the more that you can love other people. Again, I, w- I would love to have conversations with, um, you know, homosexuals, uh, LGBT transgender, um, whatever. Uh, and let them know that I do love them, but I, I, I won't condone it. And you can't hate me for not condoning it. Um, you know, we're going to have our differences. If you don't want to change, that's up to you. Um, I mean, that's, that's totally up to you, but I'm still called, uh, as a Christ follower to share the gospel. Uh, to do it in love, uh, not to condone sin, um, to repent of sin, and to make sure that I don't have any in my in my uh, life. Like the Bible says, you know, make sure that you're you're dealing with that speck in your eye uh, before you deal with another brother's sin. And I don't know if you've ever noticed. Have you ever, if you've ever had a speck in your eye, it really does feel like it's a lot larger than it really is. And sin, even though you think it's little, it's a lot larger than it really is. You need to make sure that you get that out. You may need to make sure you deal with your sin. When I, when I go through my weeks, you know, and I'm preparing sermons, I'm getting ready to preach, you know, because I'm gifted in speaking a lot of times, I could probably do it without a whole lot of effort. Um, I know the word of God. I could probably do it with a whole lot of effort. I don't do it that way. Just so you know, I do spend time studying. I do spend some time researching, but more importantly, I spend time with God and repenting and making sure that the sin of my life is as little as I can possibly have at that moment. Um, because it makes a difference in who I am. It makes a difference in how I preach. It makes a difference in how I love and how I listen, uh, to others. And so, um, I just want to encourage people Christians if you're you're listening right now that everything that you do you do in love everything that you um share that you share in love everything that you um, stand for that you stand for in love uh, love will win people over I promise you that Especially when you're allowing the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give you that strength. He will give you the words. He will give you the encouragement. He will give you the the boldness that doesn't sound like you're pompous, but it will give you a boldness so people know that you're sure of what you're saying and how you're saying it and why you're saying it. Um, Truth, biblical truth is love. I can't say it any plainer than that biblical truth is love when you share with a brother or a sister who doesn't know oh let me let's just start with the brother or sister who's sinning, uh, a brother or sister in the faith who's sinning. when you share with them in love that you see something in their life that isn't god's best and you do it in love man, most cases you're going to win them you're going to bring them back uh into the faith you're going to uh, bring them into a place to where Um, they know that you love them that Jesus loves them that they need to repent that they get back in right standing with God if you do the same thing with a person who's lost doesn't understand who Jesus is or maybe knows enough about the Bible to critique it dislike it um, not believe in God so forth and so on uh, you're gonna have a harder time but if you have a relationship with them if they're in your sphere of influence in most cases, when you if you were to walk up to somebody on the street and you see that they're um, a transgender person and you go up and tell them that's a sin, I promise you, you're not winning anybody there. But if they're in your life and they're in your sphere of influence or even if they're in your family and they see that you love them and that you're sharing the truth with them in love and you're uh, living the life that you're talking about, you're more likely to get them to listen and to um, to to, to to, to feel kind of what you're talking about. Um, it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to convict them, but it's your responsibility to share love, share truth, gospel truth to them. And so that they can hear, um, the the Bible says that people are saved. They, they come to the faith for hearing of the word. And so it's not just your lifestyle; it's not just how you live, but it's a combination of both. They got to hear the word, and then they're going to critique that word based on your life, and you've got to do a better job in living that. And that's what the church really, really needs to do. And so uh, I'm going to pull a Forrest Gump and say that's all I got to say about that. Um, but I do want to, um, as we kind of close up tonight. Um. I want to give you uh, some tough questions to ask yourself. this is for Christians. If uh, you're a Christ follower and you're listening and whether you agree with anything that I said tonight or not, um, it's our responsibility to get closer to God. If we get closer to God, the world's going to see it. The world's going to feel it. The world's going to, see this bright and shining light that steps out into the darkness. The darkness can't overtake the light because it is, it's what's radiating off of you. And that's the Holy spirit by faith. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved. The Holy spirit indwells in you. You now are then being, um, uh, sanctified and you're learning to become holy and righteous as God calls us to be. And so I want to ask you some tough questions. Um, in Lamentations 340, it says, Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. So maybe you're here today and you're listening and you're kind of lukewarm in uh your faith and um maybe your walk with Jesus and uh you're just not in the place where you're supposed to be. And I want to ask I want to ask you these 10 questions. And, uh, and then we'll leave, um, leave it for the rest of the night. So first of all, I want you to be tough on yourself. I want you to think about how you can be a better Christian. Number one, um, and through my, through my head, I run through these things, uh, in my head almost daily. And so number one, have you spent daily time in scripture and in prayer, making sure that you have a daily devotion, make sure that you spend time with God, making sure you're listening intently to God's voice and your prayers. Um, I do a prayer journal and I wish I had it with me, but, um, in my prayer journal, I literally write out my prayers as as if I'm talking to God and, uh, heavenly father, Lord, uh, I thank you for this day. And I just write all this down and what's cool about my prayer journal is I can go back for decades and look a decade and a half, I should say, and look at my prayers. Uh, I don't know about you but sometimes when I pray I forget what I prayed about and so then I miss the blessing or I miss the answer and so my journal's give me that opportunity to go back and highlight oh thank God he answered that and uh or you know praise God thank you Jesus for answering that and then sometimes I go ooh I'm glad he didn't answer that cuz that was a pretty selfish uh prayer or um it was a stupid prayer sometimes I have some of those So have you spent time uh, in scripture and in prayer daily? Number two, have you had any pure impure thoughts that would not glorify God? Again, this is learning to capture your thoughts. Um, It could be anger. It could be hatred. It could be lust. It could be envy. It could be, um, I don't know about you, but I've cussed in my head, you know, just in my head. I'm, you know, are those things that uh, would glorify God and um, take, take a moment to think of those and repent of it. Uh, number three, have you been completely above reproach in your financial dealings? Um, whether it's, whether it's, you know, paying your bills or borrowing money and paying it back or whatever, have you been above reproach? Maybe you own a business and you charge a little extra here, and a little extra there, and you put a little, like, are you being honest and above reproach in your financial dealings? Number four, have you spent quality... Uh, spent quality relationship time with your family and friends. Again, you gotta be disciplined in setting the, these things up in your life. Um, making sure that you have quality time with your friends, make sure you have quality time with your family, your kids. Um, my kids are a little bit older, but I, I have a 21 and a 20 year old. We used to go on date nights together. Um, my 11 year olds, we've started going on date nights with them and we get good quality time one-on-one um, individually with them just to have quality time. My wife and I have date nights. We don't have enough, man. I wish we could afford to go out every Friday and Saturday night. Um, but we need to have more, uh, in our lives, but we do have date nights. It's just time for us to go and just enjoy each other. Number five, have you done a hundred percent best in your job, school or home? Um, God wants us to do our best. Um, Do it unto the Lord is uh, a good old saying. So make sure that you're doing 100% your your best. Have you told any half truths or outright lies, putting yourself in a better light to those around you? Man, when I was um, an atheist, I used to brag about my money. Um, My wife and I were relatively well off and uh, we were building our kingdom. And, man, I used to just brag about, you know, the money that I had or the money that I would spend or we would go out to dinner with friends and I would pick up the check and, like, I would just, you know, and then, you know, my football stories from high school got bigger and bigger and, you know, the things that I do used to get crazier and crazier and um, it it was a a really weird way to live. And um, I had somebody tell me years ago that it's always easier to remember the truth than it is a lie. And that is so true because you know, the more that you tell these half truths, the more that you got to remember them and the more that you continue to lie over them. Uh, so make sure that you're telling the truth and uh, don't try to put yourself in a better light for other people. People will notice you. You don't have to brag to them about yourself. You don't have to talk about all the great things that you're doing. People will notice that. So don't lose sight of that. Uh, number seven, have you shared the gospel with an unbeliever this week? as christians as christ followers man we are called to do that we are called to go out and share the gospel with everyone that we meet and uh so make sure you get in the habit of doing that if you don't know the gospel you know, just take a moment to 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 read matthew mark luke and john uh it's an amazing way to live um when you're sharing the gospel and uh, uh learn who jesus is through matthew mark luke and john number 8 have you taken care of your physical body uh with exercise and proper eating and sleeping uh it's important as a christian that uh as a as a person that you take care of yourself um learn to eat right learn to exercise stay busy doing stuff that will uh keep you motivated don't be a couch potato and uh, not do things i i work really hard throughout the day Uh, i do construction and uh, this just this morning i packed 25 uh, 80 pound bags of concrete for a deck that I'm building. And, uh, man, I just felt good after doing, it, it was hotter than eighties, but, um, I felt good after it, um, took a little nap after I got home, but, uh, I exercised, felt good, ate relatively well. And, uh, it feels really good when you do that, um, on a daily basis. Um, number nine, have you allowed any person or circumstance to rob you of your joy? Uh, don't let the world and this is this is a big deal with social media um i mean people get really mad on social media and they will spend the rest of their day mad or ticked off because of something that somebody said half the people no i would say less than a quarter of the people i only know about a quarter of the people let me say that on um my social media and um I don't. I don't allow it to to get. I don't read the comments. I don't worry about that stuff. I don't let people rob my joy. Um, that is a choice that I have. I can either be joyful or not, and that's my choice. I can allow some of the things that are being said to me uh, offend me and take me to a place that I really don't want want to go of depression and worry and fear and doubt, um, but I don't allow it. I'm just not going to allow somebody else to ruin my day. So don't let you don't let anybody ruin your day. And number 10, have you lied on any of your answers today? Um, If you keep this stuff in mind, if you kind of do a physical and mental spiritual check on yourself uh, more often than not, um, it will help you. It will help you just get to a place of honesty and openness and contentment. Um, that is huge for a Christian is to get into that place of contentment. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, listen, the world's getting dark, darker than it has been in my whole lifetime. I do believe that God, uh, will help us turn it around. Uh, I don't believe that this is the end of time, even though it feels like it. Um, every minute that you live on this earth is closer to the end of time for you. Uh, in most cases, uh, we're going to, 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 to die like the, the hundred percent of the people behind us, um, old age bus sickness, whatever that is. And, uh, we will meet Jesus uh, when we do that. So don't be fearful. Uh, stand firm, stand on the word of God, uh, be open, be honest, be accountable, um, be a servant, be loving, uh, be a giver and, um, gospel shared one person at a time um can change a nation can start with your family Uh, start with your family will change the church if the church changes it'll change the community if the community changes it can change the state if the state changes it can change the nation and the nation can reach the world all for the sake of the gospel Uh, We still have a free country here. We still have the opportunity to share the gospel with as many people as we meet, and I want to encourage you to go out and do that. And so with that being said, um, join us again next week, 8 o'clock, for Man Up Monday. We do this every Monday night. And um, I want to leave you with uh, to make sure that you go and download our new app. Men. this is an app that is Off the charts cool it's got everything that you can possibly think of on it Uh, we have a community on there it's much like Facebook uh, better than Facebook so we don't have anybody critiquing us or watching us uh, shutting down our podcast or our videos or posts or anything like that um we're also going to have Bible studies on there. Uh I'm going to start doing a a, a Bible studio, Bible study. We just uh, are in the process of finishing our video studio which is across the hall from our podcast studio and we will start creating Bible content uh on a weekly basis for you. Um we've got co- uh, conferences coming up, we've got books coming out and you can find all of that on our app. It's called The Man Up God's Way app on iTunes and Google. Uh, you get three days free Uh, after that it's either $99 a year or $9 uh, or $9.99 a month uh, for a subscription it is a very expensive app uh, that we have developed here and we're asking you guys to partner with us Uh, it's going to be a godly place that hopefully we can we're going to try to move all of our social media platform to that and get off of social media as uh, soon as we can And uh, we want this app to be uh, a place for men to come and to fellowship with uh, with other men. So download it today, and uh, we thank you guys for joining us tonight. We will see you guys next week. Love you. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.